0: It's a treat for me to talk about this stuff because it's, it's stuff that we um, in the work that we do with organization. I work with seed. We uh, are yeah, think about this stuff all the time. We think it's really important. Um, and I guess, got a bit of a passion to see people. I don't know. We think when a life is lived with purpose, that it's a kind of a meaningful and engaged and a kind of full life. And so, um yeah, lots of people I think just don't don't have a sense of what life means and what the purpose of the life the life is, and I think just kind of wander through life and get to a point in life where they feel a bit like they missed the miss the boat or something like that. So for you at your your stage of life to be engaging this question and trying to kind of wrestle with it is awesome. Um not gonna suggest that um you're gonna come out of this next. 45 minutes with a clear life's purpose, but hopefully a a kind of a few tips and a few, um, I guess a a framework really to think about it and which hopefully gives you a bit of clarity just in terms of some of the things that you could do coming out of this to start trying to get a bit of a sense of yeah clarity and you know, what, what God has for you in life. Um, Anyway, let's jump into it. The plan, I guess, plan for today is I'll jump through a bit of stuff um about the way that we do this and then um yeah we'll, we'll do it like we've got a thing called a purpose storyboard which is like a, a tool which will help you kind of reflect on your own life and your own purpose we'll spend a bit of time with that and then when we come back from that we can just kind of discuss that mm-hmm. and we have this course purpose discovery course and this stuff that I'm doing tonight is sort of the foundation the starting point of that purpose discovery course. So if you're interested, I'll kind of cycle back around to it at the end and talk about what you can do if you want to engage with that course, not just for you, but for maybe some other people and young people in your church as well. So that's a kind of tool that we can come back around to at the end. Um, but first of all, a bit about me. So I'm a I'm a Sydney boy, born and bred. Um I will go through a little bit of my story as it relates to what we're talking about tonight uh, a little bit later. But right now, I um, run an organisation called Seed. If you haven't come across Seed, we sit in an office next to the Soul Crew. But we we started back in 2015, so just ticked over six years old. And really, this is the question that drives us, is how do we, how do we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, people who love Jesus, we engage effectively in society and for us actually it's the question how do we grow and form followers of jesus so that they can more effectively engage in society um it's i guess no secret that you would feel this in your own lives you know we're not so much uh, the heart and soul of society anymore as christians um society doesn't really come to us for answers Uh, it used to be that you know, we kind of open our doors, and people would be interested in what we thought about the way the world works, and what's right and wrong, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that doesn't happen anymore. And so we we really, I guess, exist because we're convinced that we need to, therefore, be more effectively engaging outside the walls of the church, and helping people to engage, and yeah, I guess help people taste and see and experience what Jesus is like right where God has placed them. So, it's very much about in context, how do you live out your faith, where you are, but recognizing that that's actually really hard to do, right? Because each time you each day you step into the world, you step into a world that lives by a really different story. Um, they have different foundational beliefs, different worldviews, and we we talk a lot about story. And if you think about it, you have a story about what you think the world is about and what the world means, right? We have a story as followers of Jesus. We believe, you know, what the Bible tells us, what, uh, you know, what our Christian story tells us about what the world's like and what it should be like and, um, how God's designed it. Right. But we step into a world where people have different stories and there's kind of, we talk about a clash of stories, right? as you step into the world each day you experience this kind of clash where what you do rubs up against what what other what you think rubs up against what other people think and then how you live rubs up against how other people live and it's just kind of this tension that exists between those stories right and so seeds is very much about helping create the tools and the support to work out how to really embody your faith and really live out your faith where you are the main way that we do that is through a thing called redemptive design um redemptive design really i guess when you think about how we do formation so how we try and grow christians to be effective disciples of jesus followers of jesus think about the way we do that most of what we do is about teaching people to think well right and the assumption behind it i think is that if you think the right things and you believe the right things then You know, from those foundational beliefs, you should just be able to kind of work the rest out. And sometimes that's true. But I guess we're pretty firmly of the belief that what Jesus wants from us isn't a way of thinking, but a a way of life. And the way that we think is really, really important, right? But it's really important because it shapes the way that we live in the world. And if what we ultimately want is a way of life, then that means that we um, have to be able to turn, translate the things that we believe into tangible reality in the world, into kind of concrete stuff that, again, gives people a bit of a taste and see experience of what Jesus is like. And so redemptive design is a design process that says, okay, well, once you know what you believe, think about your context where you are and how do we turn, like what would be different about your context if it was the way God intended it to be And that's always going to be different to what is. And so how do you get from what is to an imagination of what God would desire for that context to be? So if you're at university, hanging out with a group of friends, um, you know, what does it look like for those friends to be, their lives to be more aligned with what Jesus wants? If you're a mechanic, what does it look like to serve the people that you work with, whose cars you work with in a way that really embodies the way of Jesus? If you're... A lawyer what does god's what does the christian story say about an approach to justice and restoring people into relationship with one another right so that becomes really tangible anyway all of that journey starts right here with discovering our purpose and so um the foundation i guess of what we're talking about tonight and i guess a framework that hopefully is really helpful for you in thinking about this stuff um let me backtrack a little bit before I go to this. I guess when I when I was um, in my early 20s, um, I was working in a job, working for the YMCA, uh, running a youth leadership program for youth at risk. So it was a great job, right? I loved it. A lot of it was, had to do with outdoor education and taking people on kind of these awesome experiences to help them. Like, experience stuff that they'd never experienced before in the context of doing that, helping them understand what it is to lead in the world. Um, so, I kind of loved doing what I was doing, but I, I was um, really frustrated because I couldn't work out what it meant with my faith. My faith was like 100% the foundation of what I wanted to do in the world and who I wanted to be. And yet, nobody was giving me the tools to kind of connect my faith, which was all about what I believed and my own salvation into what that meant with how I was spending six and a half days in my week. Right. And so I was really frustrated at that. And so a lot of my life has been, if I look back from here, a journey of trying to work out how do I understand all of my life as connected to who Jesus is and what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing through his spirit in the world. And I think where I've landed on this stuff is that I think rather than thinking about our salvation as the purpose of um, of God's work in the world or um, thinking about the way we behave as uh, God's work in the world or the things that we believe is the end point of God's work in the world, that actually what, what I think God, uh, as you read his stories, engage with scripture, engage with the Bible, I think a good case can be made that what God's purpose for us is, is to become who God has made us to be. So there's something about us becoming the people that he's created us to be. And then there's a piece around participating in what God is doing in the world as well. So God wants us to become someone and he wants us to participate in something, right? The foundation of all of that is God's purpose as God has kind of revealed God's self to us through his word, and particularly through the person of Jesus, right? We get a sense of what are you on about, and what is this world that you've created about? We can't get a perfect picture of that, but we can get a pretty good picture of that. So, I guess the first thing to say about purpose is that it's not a process of determination. The world will tell you there's lots of stuff around out there around purpose, self help books, motivational speakers. All makes the assumption that you have this process of self-actualization and self de- self determination, right? But we we Christians know something deeper and truer that actually we're created, and we're created. I I can't help but think anything that when my God created me and created you that that God had a purpose in creating us, right? It wasn't just got uh, nothing to do right there's a purpose to our lives right and so our understanding of purpose is that it's a process of discovery it's trying to discover why is it that god made us and then what is it that god wants us to do in the world so we start with god's purpose and that's the process of discovery and from there i guess there's these two these two pillars that i want to kind of if we can simplify purpose for you a little bit you know, you don't have to solve all the problems in the world. God never actually asks or tells or commands us to go and solve all the problems in the world. It's pretty simple. Love your neighbor. Love God. Become who God has made you to be and serve where God has placed you to serve. Right? So these two pillars, identity is the first one. Identity connected to becoming, right? And it is, who has, it is trying to engage with the question of who has God made you to be. And there's a, There's a kind of a general sense to that in the sense that God talks about, you know, there's all this stuff in scripture that is identity language, right? It's, okay, you are a child of God. You are a citizen of God's kingdom. You are a new creation. What happens when you uh, put your faith in Jesus? It's not just a transaction from you were dead and now you're alive. It's now you. You have become my child. You have become a member of my family. You have become a citizen of my kingdom. You become um, a new creation, right? And that's because of the grace of God through Jesus in your life. So there's that sense of a an overall picture of what who God says you are. But then, and this is the stuff that we'll talk about when we do the purpose storyboard later, and probably the main part of what we'll work on tonight is is there's a particularity to that as well. Like a there's a there's a unique piece to that that God designates you with an identity. Um, puts you into a set of experiences in your life and events that shape you in a particular way so that you can be used by him in a particular context to do his work and be part of his story, right? So identity, and then the second piece is context. And I think it's pretty unique to our understanding of purposes and you know, God's placed you somewhere and invites you to serve and to participate in what God is doing in the world, right? Um, I love the picture of, okay, you're a member of God's family because what that means is you take the kind of picture of salvation that we see in the Bible, which says, okay, you know, you have a debt to be paid. You've done something wrong. um, You come into the picture and the metaphor behind that is you come into kind of a king's court and God is the king, the judge, right? And you, bring, you present your kind of petition to God to say, yeah, I've done something wrong. I know I'm worthy of judgment. But we've got this beautiful story and this beautiful picture of a merciful, graceful God that says, actually, I'm going to pay the price for that, okay, and you're pardoned. But the picture doesn't, it actually doesn't end there, right? Because then what happens is, you, and I want, you to, I want to adopt you as my child so you're not left hanging out there in the king's court just saying, Yeah, you're pardoned, you can go away. No, you're invited back behind the throne into the into the palace and to the family table of the king, and actually invited to kind of come and sit at the family table as if you're a child, you're loved, you're welcome, you belong there. But then it doesn't end there either. God essentially says, Now you've sat at the table and you've you've experienced what I'm like and You've kind of learned from me. Now I want you to go out and participate in the world that I've created and be my ambassador out there in the world. You've been an ambassador of this family that you're now part of, right? And so we're sent to participate in the story of God. So if I can, if I can leave like one or two nuggets with you tonight, I think the key thing about purpose and that I'd want to get across to you is if we can get away from thinking that the Christian gospel and the Christian story is about us, that it's a story about us and we invite God into our story. Now, there's a beautiful picture in scripture of that. Hey, I stand at the door and knock. I want to enter into your life. Absolutely. It's beautiful and it's true. But the bigger truth and the bigger reality is that God created this world, right? That this is God's story And actually, God invites you into God's story, right? It's not the other way around. You don't invite God into your story. You get invited into God's story, which is a much more powerful picture of purpose, right, than just, oh, God saved me. No, you get invited into the the big story, right, and to find your place within that story. So we participate with God in what God is doing in the world. The rest of the picture then for us is about, alignment, right? And so again, if I can kind of simplify this for you, um, don't worry about changing the world. Um, I used to worry about that. Uh, You just kind of get yourself all worked up and you get yourself pretty burnt out and pretty disillusioned. What God actually asks from us is be faithful, right? He says, okay, I've made you, I've created you, I've saved you, Invite you to be part of my family now. Just, just live like you believe that I have transformed you by by my grace. All right, just be faithful to who I've made you to be in the place where I've placed you. So that's just stepping, getting out of. Once you kind of work this stuff out, it's just getting out of bed each day, and soaking in the story of God and letting that shape who you are so that you can be confident that when you step into the world each day that you're going to align your life with who god has made you to be and then trusting that that is the best way to live because that's the way god's designed us to it's actually the way that scripture talks about blessing okay blessing simply this it's not about being um, happy it's not about being um, financially or materially blessed it's about blessing in the in the Old Testament and the New is about, hey, I've got a covenant and I've got a a created order about how I designed you to live. And if you live that way, then you'll have a blessed life because you'll be living as I, the Creator, intended you to live. That's what blessing is about in Scripture. So the rest of the picture of purpose is about I understand who you made me to be. I understand where you placed me and what you want for that context. And now I'm just going to try and align my life each day and the things that I do and the things that I create each day with that. So that is our thinking, the way we think has to be aligned with what God says to be true of the world. The things that we long for, I won't go into this, but I could spend hours talking on this. Like, what do you actually desire? What is your heart's desire in the world? Is it aligned with what God desires for you and for the, for the creation? And then that obviously translates into how we behave, how we act in the world, are our actions aligned with the way that we think and the things that we long for and what God desires. And then our relationships, the way that we relate to other people. And then the other piece is the things that you make, right? And this, you know, Matt mentioned, we work with um, entrepreneurs sometimes about creating businesses that are an expression of God's kingdom, right? And the, um, I guess the, the step beyond how we think and how we act is what do we make in the world, right? Can you make stuff that actually brings God's story alive in the world? Anyway, I'm getting a bit carried away. If we do all that, then we um I guess our fundamental belief is that we flourish and that our context flourishes and ultimately God is glorified. Um I won't go into all this, but this all kind of connects back in with um, a pretty deep understanding from the book of Ephesians, often people will try and pull purpose apart and say, oh, your purpose is, the purpose of God's people is to, you know, see people come to faith and, um, yeah, so go and do evangelism and save as many people as you possibly can. Other people will argue, no, you know, the purpose of your faith is to is about shalom, you know, this idea of God's justice. So go and make sure that people are experiencing justice. And then other people will say, oh, you know, it doesn't matter about all that. It's all about God and giving God glory and worship, et cetera, all right? And, and you'll hear people trying to pull these parts, pull these things apart. What we want to say is through this conception, this framework is let's put all that back together. Yeah, God's deeply interested in you and your salvation. God's deeply interested that other people would experience that salvation as well. But he's also deeply interested in whether the people uh, that you live next door to are experiencing justice in their lives or the indigenous people in our world, in our country, or um, that there's justice for the environment, right? Yeah, absolutely God's interested in that. And yeah, sure, absolutely God is interested in his people that he's created knowing that he is king and engaging in worship and glorifying him and actually those things belong together and we should be able to live lives that hold them together rather than pulling them apart and somehow prioritising them against each other as if they're in competition with one another. We just don't think that makes sense. So that's the kind of foundational piece, but this is some of the stuff from Ephesians, right? if you get a chance this week to go away and have a read of the first three chapters of Ephesians, then there's not nothing better than you, that you could do to try and get your head around what God says about God's purposes in the world. It's, it's one of the few places in Scripture where you kind of get a, a real kind of bird's eye view of what God's doing in God's creation. So one ten, there's three statements about his purpose, right? He makes known to us the mystery of his will. Why to bring unity to all things on, in heaven and earth under Christ? you got this next statement in chapter 2, verse 10, about you and your salvation. Um, you are God's handiwork, creating Christ Jesus for good works that God's prepared in advance that you might walk in the way of those good works in the world. That's all connected to reconciliation. If you look at the bottom of chapter 2, I will go into it now. Then in verse 3, chapter verse 10, Chapter 3, verse 10, again, there's this beautiful statement of um, God's intent with the gospel message is that through the church, not only that humans will kind of just see him and and acknowledge him, but know that this picture of, like, the whole cosmos, uh, the the heavenly realms is this Hebrew picture of the whole cosmos, everything that God has created looks on, at what God's achieved in us in the church by his grace and his power and says, wow, um, that God deserves glory because of the grace that he has kind of bestowed on his people. So these three strands of his purposes come together. Um, This is where I was going to talk a little bit about my story. I already talked about 1999, that question of what does this mean like what is life what is what i do mean every day 2004 i had this kind of key experience um or i was going through i was going for a scholarship program at studying at bible college and they asked us this question of what's your vision and i was with 10 other people going for this scholarship and they all had these grand visions and i walked into the room i said i i, I don't know like i uh, i don't have anything to say except that I'm really interested in the visions and the stories of other people. And I want to kind of help other people, uh, realize their visions. And it felt like a bit of a cop out at, at the time, but I come to where I am now. And basically that's what we do. That's what I do each and every day is I help people find what it is that, um, God's got for them. And then I help them kind of walk along that road towards where it, where it is. And then, just one other piece I'll talk about in 2005 was pretty significant for me. Um, Yeah, it was the year, the end of 2004, no, yeah, Boxing Day 2004 um, was the Boxing Day tsunami um, in Southeast Asia. And, you know, tens of thousands of people died, Um, you know, untold carnage. I was sitting over in Canada with my family on the ski hill, having a beautiful white Christmas, beautiful food and fellowship. And it's just this sense of, okay, like a pretty heavy heart of what's my responsibility to respond to what's going on right at this moment in other parts of the world with significant pain and significant suffering. And and it was clear to me that there is a there is a responsibility for us to do something about it, but we can't do everything, right? Um, and so that's what kind of led to a lot of this stuff around well, how do we work out our place in a world where there's such intense suffering and need, so much need for people to engage and to know Jesus as well. And that's where I think I came back to this idea of we can't set a goal for ourselves because actually, you're never going to achieve all the goals, right? There's too much need. There's too much suffering. And so we have to start with the foundation of who God has made us to be and where God has placed us and simply try and live out of that and be faithful to that. And my experience has been with me and with others who've started to try and live that way, that actually as you seek to be faithful and you trust that God's spirit will guide your steps each and every day, that, yeah, it You can have a significant impact in God's world, a significant redemptive impact, and have a life that's full of meaning, full of purpose, and that makes it makes a difference in the world as well. So anyway, enough of that. So this just this idea of story, right? How do humans understand purpose and make meaning in the world? And how do you understand who God has made you to be? Effectively, it's through story, okay? You think about um the way that i understand meaning and purpose all right i don't i could tell you about my day right you say jb how's how's your day been you know tell me about your day and i could say okay well i was lying in a bed this morning and this little person came out came up and shook me and was shouting at me and then i Went and jumped under some water and had a shower and then, you know, I sat at my desk and I tapped on some keys all day and then I spoke to a bunch of people, right? I could just tell you about these random disconnected events and experiences of my day, but I, that's not what I do, right? What do you do? What do I do when you, you ask me about my day? I'll tell you a story. Right? I take those random events and experience and actually invest meaning in them. Because that tells you who I am and what I think about the world, right? So I tell you, I, oh, this morning I was lying in bed and my, my daughter, Isla, she's my youngest daughter, she came and she was shaking me and she was really excited about, you know, what she was going to do with her friends at school today online. And um, so then I went and had a shower and then I sat down and I had this amazing experience with these 15 people around a workshop who were all thinking about from the salvos and they were thinking about, you know, how could they... Um, worked through some Indigenous, uh, indigenous reconciliation issues. And it was, it was amazing. I could tell you all sorts of stories about that. Right, I, I take these random events and experiences that in one sense don't mean anything to you, but I invest them with meaning, right? And that's what we do with forming our understanding of identity and purpose. Who are we and who has God made us to be? We, we take what God has put us through in our world in the world to date and we make meaning out of them, right? So that's what this tool is designed to do. Um, It focuses in on this idea of identity, who has God made me to be, right? So we're trying to start to get a sense of that question and the answers to that question. And it just goes through each of the core elements of your life story. As you reflect intentionally on it, it just tries to help you pay attention to what God's teaching you through that. And then it actually gives you a tool that you can talk to others about as well, and allow them to speak into your life as well. And all of that process is just about helping you see the strands and the threads of how God's been at work in your in your life since the day, since the beginning, and how potentially desires for you to to be at work in your life into the future as well, capturing them. And yeah, so the history history question is. Like, look at the past. Who are the people that have shaped you, right? Who's significant in your life? Um, You might want to look at events that have shaped you there as well. Like, what have been some kind of key moments in your history, in your past? There's a question around context. Like, where are you now, right? Often we put purpose off and say, okay, it's something for the future. But actually, if this is the framework, then, I mean, look at where are we now and what's God got for me now? Who, Who am I serving right now? As well as who you might want to serve in the future, which we'll get to. Uh, we believe God gifts you, right? Gift surveys are great, but in isolation, they might not be super helpful. But when you put them together with the picture of all the other stuff that goes on in your life, they can be super helpful. But what are you good at, and how do you how are you using those gifts at the moment for kind of building up God's body? Passion. Lots of people will tell you don't you know you don't want to be too passionate about stuff, but we got, I guess we believe sure there's some things that are kind of desires and passions that are of our sinful nature but if we are children of God that I believe that God puts passions on your heart that are fundamentally from him as well so what do you love doing and who do you love doing it with the causes you know what are the problems that you want to solve in the world Um, you know what are you passionate about responding to and then finally this kind of idea of when you think about the future when you imagine into the future and you kind of think about serving God with your life what is it what are the pictures that come up there what do you think your life you'd like what would you like your life to look like into the future and what are some of the things you'd love to achieve in terms of building uh well kind of yeah building and working in God's kingdom in the future start wherever you want just start throwing some things down, and you know, take as much time as you need to work through that. But then find a couple of people that know you well and that you trust, and you know maybe set up a couple of times to catch up with them. Now that you can catch up with them for maybe thirty minutes or so each, and just share your story. Right? And don't don't be too prescriptive in terms of um, you know I've written all this stuff down, so I'm just going to go through what I've written down, but just tell your story, um, tell a long form of your story and then allow them to sp- maybe give them a copy of this and let them write down what they hear as they're listening to you and because they know you well, then give them permission to kind of speak back to you what they see coming out of that story. Right. And what's what are the significant things and maybe it's a significant, you know, moment or experience in your past. Uh, we find that's the case with a lot of people who've, and that's shaped what they're passionate about in the present, right? Either something really good has happened to them or something maybe traumatic has happened to them. It's shaped what they wanna do with the future. And so it's a sense that, you know, nothing's wasted in God's economy. Um, Where are you and what places you're passionate about? Are there groups of people that you've become really passionate about? that come out when you tell your story, Um, they can affirm your gifts and notice things about you that maybe you can't notice yourself. So that's, I guess, what we would encourage you to do. And then again, I can't really go into it all now, but from that, what we do basically is we come up with this identity statement. It's an I am statement, right? And we encourage you to think about pictures or metaphors that kind of um, capture who, who you think God has made you to be in the world, right? For me, my one of mine is i'm I am a pathway builder, right? There's a picture for me that is like when things are hard and it feels like a bit of a swamp land, right what I love to do is try and build pathways through that swamp so that you can kind of you know make it actually a beautiful place to be. You think about a swamp when it doesn't have a path through it, it's just like it's a disgusting place to be right? Uh, you're stuck in the mud, you can't get anywhere, but if you put this nice boardwalk, over the same swampland, it suddenly becomes a place of beauty because there's a way through it, right? So anyway, that's one example of my identity statement, which is might give you a taste of what we're what we're talking about there. But if you're interested in the course and possibly being engaged in the course with a group from your church, or you think that there'd be other people in your church who might benefit from going through the process, or just go onto our website, c.org.au, and all the stuff that is there around the purpose course. So we'd love to kind of connect in with you around that stuff.